Hugh Freeze is getting more out of his players in the small sample size, and that's why they'll beat Cal on Saturday. Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Happy War Report Wednesday as we are joined by Mike G of the War Report. And Mike G, I can't imagine, I can't imagine somebody was watching Auburn with more pride and joy and happiness than you this past Saturday. Jay Fair being the guy in the receiving game. Robbie Ashford being the guy in the red zone. The floor is yours, my friend. Well, obviously, every time you have a funny story, every time Jay Fair caught a pass, I looked at Lance in the press box, and I was like, <laughs> and we had a moment. We had five of those moments. That's right. That's how many passes he caught. And one um, of those moments was even better because it was a beautiful touchdown pass from Peyton Thorpe. It, it was. Um, I have a story about this. Uh, I got invited to watch a private throwing session with Peyton Thorne and Jay Fair. And there were some other players there this summer. Uh, I had no idea Peyton Thorne was going to be there. I thought it was just going to be a Jay Fair workout. Um, and Peyton Thorne showed up, and the touchdown they threw on Saturday, they practiced that route that day. Ooh. Peyton Thorne explained to him exactly where he wanted the ball, how he was going to throw it. I saw them do it wrong like four times. I saw them do it right six times after that. It was beautiful to watch that on Saturday. I think this is part of the reason why Hugh Freeze picked Peyton Thorne as QB1. He came in and he took the initiative to reach out to Jay Fair. And the story was he had uh, Peyton had watched tape on Jay Fair from the spring and said, you were open a lot. We got to get you the ball. Mm. These guys have learned how to work with each other early. It paid in spades on Saturday. So Peyton Thorne to Jay Fair might be a regular occurrence as this quarterback improves, you know, moving forward. Yeah. Six targets to Jay Fair. I believe he caught five of them. Is that what you said? And then. Six seven targets. targets. Seven targets. I Set, was it seven? Okay. And then it was six targets to hooks. And he only caught two of them. I expect that number to go up. Um, both of those numbers to go up over the course of the season there. But I just love, and we'll talk about the Robbie side of this too. But with Jay Fair, with Peyton, we'll see it with the tight ends. I think this Saturday, I'd love your thoughts on that. But the way that Hugh Freeze and Philip Montgomery are using these players it feels like for the first time, once again, small sample size here, but they're putting them in situations to succeed on offense. I don't know if we've really had that outside of the running back position at Auburn in several years. Uh, yeah, I think that you have. it starts with the scheme. And, sure. you know, if any one thing sunk Brian Harson's tenure, it was not getting Austin Davis to come to the Plains. I think Eric Kiesau was his worst nightmare. Um, and I think they don't know. They didn't have a. They didn't have a plan for offense. They didn't have a pivot. It looked not great, man. And I think that when he looks back on his time at Auburn, that would be one of his biggest regrets. Hugh Freeze clearly has a plan, and sure. they felt like that the strength that they had, or or an advantage that they had going into the season, Zach, was that nobody was going to know what this was going to look like. And after week one, I still think nobody knows what this is going to look like. And that's exactly what he wanted. He wanted to do. He wanted to line up in man for man. 
beat UMass down. Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. what they did. That's exactly yeah. what they did. And it was refreshing because we've tried that in the past, right? And I mean, of course, there's been blowouts recently for Auburn, but it just looks so easy. They didn't have to do anything. They didn't have to be cute or anything like that. They just lined up and, and beat who they were supposed to beat. And that's what Auburn should do to UMass every single time. I want to hear your thoughts on Red Zone Robbie, the Robbie Ashford package in, in the Red Zone. Uh, did you have more to add to that? or you just want nope. to jump straight into that? No, nope. okay. I'm just teeing you up. I don't want to steer you either direction. I want you to, uh, I want you to preach for a second. Uh, look. Hugh Freeze this summer told everyone you can play two quarterbacks. People were asking him this question. And, you know, we had questions about whether that meant there would be a two QB system. Well, uh, some folks thought it was coach speak to keep Robbie engaged, you know, after Thorne was announced the starter. One thing I've learned about Hugh Freeze and I've been saying about him all summer is, is that he doesn't do a lot of coach speak, man. He, he either tells you what he's thinking or he says no comment. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't think there's a lot of in between with him. Yeah, so he, he'll, he'll be asked a question. He'll be like, "Well," and like you could tell he's thinking for like three or four seconds. Mm -hmm. Then he'll answer. It's like, "Oh, wow, okay, great, thanks." Right. So, yeah, what we should take away from Saturday is first of all, start taking the coach's word, man. He he said Robbie Ashford uh, yeah. can help this team. Now, I had tweeted out something. Everybody got in a you know they got their panties in the wad, Zach, about you know uh, uh, Hugh Freeze saying that Robbie Ashford is different. He is a different athlete, and he can help. And I think you saw that on Saturday with a competent offensive line yes. you and a running quarterback like that. You make the defense play you 11 on 11, and that leaves your quarterback uh, on, like Robbie on somebody against somebody. And I'm taking Robbie almost every single time I mean, to make a move and make somebody miss and get 5, 10 yards up the field. So Hugh Freeze got Robbie in in those situations. I don't think that they had to show any of their real red zone offense on Saturday. I think no, but but and they did enough to say, hey, Cal, spend time looking at this. Now, now, guess this. Yep. guess what we could do out of this situation, which is which is incredible. Um, as far as the defensive side, I'm a little concerned about the defense, specifically this weekend when they head to Cal. Mm. The pass rush was there, which was great. I'm wondering if it was scheme, if it was personnel, or if it was UMass, or I guess some combination of the three. I think without McLeod, without Jalen McLeod, I think it's a bit concerning. We'll see if he plays on Saturday. Mm -hmm. But I just, um, I don't feel good about it. And it's specifically because that first drive that UMass did all the way down the field, and then Pumachon was hurt. And so like I still don't think we've really learned anything about this defense, other than Ron Roberts really will send anybody on a blitz, which is incredible. Yeah, look, um, run defense was a concern coming in. And yeah. I still think it's a concern. So uh, they're going to have to go back to the tape and you figure some things out. If you believe the old adage about the biggest improvement coming between game one and game two, I know Blue Holtz, you say it all the time, then we should see a, a big jump here uh, from sure. one to two and how they perform in the run game. Uh, Cal amassed 361 yards, Zach. Uh, through one game on the ground, and most of that was by running backs. Um, so I believe they're going to try to run the ball. They're going to try to keep the, the ball out of harm's way. Now, their quarterback played a little better, I think, than most people anticipated. Um, so it's not like Auburn can ignore that completely. But when you're on the road, anything can happen. Sure. Uh, and during the press conference on Monday, there was a question asked about how do you prepare for this game on the West Coast? Hugh Free said, I'd rather play an East Coast team because of all these things that we got to deal with. You know, uh, it was It was presented like, are you guys going to like, try to adjust your sleep cycle to 
West Coast time before you get out there. And uh, you're going to have some some different types of challenges. Uh, it's it's you can't take anything for granted. This is a game that Auburn should win. Uh, but if they don't win, it will be because they weren't prepared. Sure. I think I think that's the only way Auburn loses this game is if they're not prepared and they can't execute. Um, but uh, Hugh Freeze has proven, I think, that he can get his team prepared and uh, get enough execution out of, out of them to beat an opponent that they should dominate. Yeah, let's talk more specifically about some of the things I think Cal's going to do, mm-hmm. Mike, and why we think Auburn could potentially match up well with them. All that's coming up next on Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at eBay Motors. Seeing a lot of eBay Motors advertising during football games, too, which is uh, which is cool. But for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's no different with your automobile, your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. And they have the guaranteed fit. All you have to do is add your car or vehicle to your My Garage section on your eBay Motors profile. And a little green check mark will appear next to all the parts that are guaranteed fit for your car. And of course, if it doesn't fit, you get that money back for sure. Get the right parts, the right fit, the right prices at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Albert family, let's ride. Mike G, our guest on this War Rapport Wednesday. I think Auburn will beat Cal on Saturday. They're a six and a half point favorite, courtesy of our friends at FanDuel. And I think that's about right. I think it's going to come down to a score one way or the other. I do think Auburn will be the benefactor of the score when it's all said and done. And look, there's a lot of talk about Cal's quarterback being injured. I talked to folks at Cal earlier um, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Sam Jackson. It's assumed that he will play. He was throwing on the sidelines during the game uh, afterwards. It's just a kind of a precaution thing is what it sounds like. And their backup quarterback, Ben Finley, was moving the ball just fine against North Texas, so why risk it? But, man, you mentioned you mentioned their running back. Ott? J- is it J- yeah, Jaden Ott. Ott. Yeah. That dude can move, dude. He's fast. Nine yards He's for fast. carry. And uh, Sam Jackson, the quarterback, is fast. Fun fact, Mike G. Sam Jackson... Cal's quarterback was wide re- the wide receiver for Peyton Thorne in high school. And then when Peyton <laughs> Thorne went to Michigan State and graduated, they moved him from wide receiver to quarterback. And then you know he went to TCU for two years and then transferred to Cal. So small world, they're meeting together again, which is kind of cool, but he's fast. There's so much speed on this Cal offense. And I just think in the small sample size that we saw with Pumachon being able to move, containment was a problem. We predicted containment would be a problem for this defense over the course of spring and fall camp. And so now, how do they stop that? And I don't know if that answer is going to be answered until maybe the third or fourth quarter is if they're going to be able to do it or not. I think it's going to have to take some adjustments in game unless they craft a really special game plan. I think this is going to be a big concern. I think there's going to be a lot of points Saturday night. Uh, yeah, I think that's possible. Um, I'm giving Auburn's defense a little bit more credit on this uh, game one to game two adjustment. Perfect. Uh, um, the adjustment that you th- may think is coming later in the game, I think is coming earlier in the game. Um, I think you'll see a focused effort to make Cal throw the ball. Yeah. Um, I think they will sell out against the run. Uh, and I think they're going to try to force this quarterback to beat them with his arm. Um, and I think they can be successful at that. So, what, uh, what do you think forcing them to run looks like? Do you think that means more bigger guys? Like we've seen 
and been told like that they'll put two jacks on the field mm-hmm. against run heavy teams if that's something that they want to do. I I wonder one if McLeod's availability impacts that. Right. And then, and then two, like, do we see two jacks on the field? Like, do you see an Elijah McAllister and a Jalen McLeod or an Elijah McAllister and a Steven Sings on the field at the same time? That would be really, really fun to see. Yeah, um, I've heard that's a possibility, but I, I think we see eight in the box, Zach. I think we see eight in the box, and yeah. I think that you let your D, this, the DBs, we've talked about them being the strength of this room. I think you test them early and let your DBs man up and see if this quarterback can beat you early. If you shut them down early, you can blow this game wide open in the first quarter and a half. I agree I, with that. Right. I think that I think that Auburn rolls the dice here early on defense and tries to force Cal to be one-dimensional. Um, and if it works, I like Auburn by 17 points. Um, I, I just don't know. Like when we watch the tape on Cal, I, I don't. I know they put up some impressive numbers and they have some talent, but as a whole, as a team, I, I just don't think they have enough talent to kill Auburn if Auburn is executing at a high level. Just don't. Yeah, and like not all box scores are the same, and the box score doesn't tell the full story. Auburn right. could have put up those same exact stats against UMass if they wanted to. I uh, could have, yeah. They just did it. And also they had a, a pick six that took away an offensive drive, and they had a punt return that almost scored, and so that took away all the yards from another offensive drive. So, Correct. I mean, context matters in all of these things. North Texas, I believe, is a better team than UMass, and Cal went on the road. But when you stack these two rosters next to each other, I believe Auburn's the better team. Yeah, I believe Auburn's the better team by a long shot. <laughs> Honestly, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there, there's a perception about this team that carried over from last year that the record five and seven was indicative of the talent. I just, it, it's not there. I look at a lot of the guys that are shining as stars on Saturday. Right, there are guys who are already on this team. Yeah, uh, it, it was talent that was already on this squad. Well, uh, I just think that the system helps them so much. Right. The understanding of assignments. Every player talked about how Hugh Freeze came in and simplified what they're doing. And now they're able to play fast and play without thinking and play more instinctively. That's going to pay dividends. I, I love I, I can't wait to see the, what scheme they have. I know they're going to try to keep it basic if they can against Cal. It's a non SEC game. Uh, it's a non-conference opponent. Ultimately, yeah. has no bearing on whether you win the West or not. But. Um, you know, I think it does. I think it does as far as how you develop as a team. Sure. I think this game's really important. Well, yeah. I mean, and even if you lose it, right, you're going to learn something about your team on Saturday. So, uh, you don't have to win it to benefit from it. You can. It's you like in it's like in 2012, and I'm not I'm not comparing this team to 2012, but like that team almost beat Clemson right in the opener. And I just three and nine. Yeah. yeah, And it's just like, I feel like if they held on and would have won that game, I think the team develops differently. Like, I think, I think these early season wins, especially on the road, I think they matter. I think they really develop, you know, how you could possibly develop as a team. But there's just, there's just a few guys that I I see Cal having a hard time dealing with Hmm. any of the running backs. I think Shane Hooks is going to, I think he's going to, Moss somebody. I said that last week. I still stand true to that. I think he's going to have more targets go his way mm-hmm. this this week. And I think Jay Fair and uh, Javarius Johnson are going to be a problem for these guys. I just, I really do. The way they were used in the offense against UMass, I think Cal is going to have a hard time. I mean, they struggled stopping the pass early against yeah. North Texas, and they just eventually wore them down and kept scoring, and they couldn't keep up with them. But this isn't 
This isn't a good Cal team. I still don't think this team's that good. They're better than UMass. They're a Power 5 team. Don't get me wrong, but but there's there's 60-something Power 5 teams. Are mm -hmm. they top? Are they a top half P5 team? Yeah, I don't know. I think I think Peyton Thorne eats in this one personally. I, I do too, man. I think I, I think too. I think Peyton Thorne eats. They don't play pass defense in the pack. Period. They don't. <laughs> right. Like I mean, it doesn't exist, man. I mean, you would I when you watch the tape, it's almost like the DBs aren't even on the field. Eight yeah. quarterbacks in that conference. Zach passed for three thousand or more yards. Eight last year, right? And then if you look this for opening seats, opening uh, weekend. Look at how many quarterbacks threw for like 300 or more yards in, in, in week one. It's ridiculous. It's just the West no. Coast football is, is whack for the most part. There are a few good teams out there, but for the most part, they don't play defense. They don't play at a high level. And I think that Auburn is going to play that defense at a high level. So I don't think their quarterback does that great, which is why I think if you're Hugh Freeze, you force them weakness on strength, mm -hmm. right? Our DBs are our strength and your passing game. You don't know what's your weakness yet because you haven't played anybody that can play past the way Auburn's going to play it against you. So that's what I see happening. And I've seen so many people talk about how Auburn doesn't know what they have on their roster. Well, Cal has more dudes on their roster than weren't here 365 days ago. They've got like 47, I think is what the my Cal right. contact said, 37 new people. And they're still going through stuff as well. They just chose to use that opportunity to absolutely blitz their week one opponent. And Auburn was super, uh, super conservative and they blitzed UMass. So I don't think anything that happened for either team last week really matters. Yeah. But I do believe Auburn's roster is better. I do believe Auburn's quarterback is better. I believe Auburn's running back tandem is better. Mm -hmm. I believe the offensive line is better than their defensive line. I'm I'm still iffy on the receivers, but I think our receivers are better than their defensive backs. Like it's just, I think there's a lot of mismatches coming up. And, yeah. and then one note that I think is interesting, and so many people are talking about the the quarterback injury, but I was told the injury I need to be talking about this week is their center went down. Matthew Sendrick is his name. He's a six-year player, six-year wow. center. And they don't know if he's going to play on Saturday. So that's a name to watch, too. Yeah, losing your are, center. Are centers is, important, Mike G? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think they are. Let me, I'm going to check with the coaches and see if they if the center is important. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you this. Uh, well, that's a good note about the center. Uh, I did not know that, actually. But I didn't either until I talked play, to him. Man, yeah. oof, man mm -hmm. listen, I mean, it gives this Auburn D-line a little bit of a lift, I think. Um, can I? Let me give you a hot take. Yeah, I don't know if it's a hot take. Uh, Please do. I don't, I don't think we see Jarquez Hunter on Saturday. Uh, that's what it feels like. I just I think, think if, if, if freeze was asked about Hunter's availability and he was cleared, he'd say so. I think he would say so. Yeah. yeah. I didn't say so. Right. Could yeah. Wrong, I mean, but, uh, but I'm with you and I, I don't think they need him. No, um, this summer when asked, go back and check the tape. I was always feeling like this was going to be a two game suspension because these were ultimately games that you could win without him. He's, it's not a guy that you're worried about getting reps. He's a veteran guy. Yeah. You sit him out, right? And um, if more comes to light, then you're not seen as having been soft on the punishment. Right. Um, and I think the optics matter here, and they were trying to be judicious about it, um, but they have not said anything. I would have preferred they just come out and said he's suspended personally, selfishly, as, you know, somebody who is an invested onlooker. But uh, ultimately, I just don't. 
um, I don't think he's going to play on Saturday. I think they sit him out because they feel like they can win without him. And, um, and there's a chance know. that information changed that they got new information, you know, a few days before the exactly. game, which yep. some folks that I talked to close to it, that seems kind of likely. So we'll I heard, see. I heard that as well. Um, you know, we'll you see. Know, I mean, what's I true. Know. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, so we'll see. yeah, no dark was Hunter. Um, I think you see more of the youngster, Jeremiah Cobb. And I also think there's a possibility we see more of my guy, Malcolm Johnson. Can I, can I give you a hot take about the running backs? Sure. Absolutely. Jeremiah Cobb, more touches on Saturday than Brian Batty from scrimmage. Oh, yeah. I don't think that's hot take. You don't? No, I don't think that's hot take. I think I feel that like is... all summer you were telling me there's like Batty's the dude after uh after like Damari or Jarquez. Uh, yeah, I think that with Jarquez out, the the math changes. I gotcha. Yeah, the math changes with Jarquez out. So like gotcha. if you had said that and I had no and I thought Jarquez was gonna play, yeah, that's a hot take for me. I but see. with him out, yeah, I, I, I think I think he picks up a little bit more of the load and you get him the touches early and what will be meaningful. Right. Um, you get the you get the freshman some confidence, man. Give him the experience of playing on the road all the way in California. Come on, man. If you're Hugh Freeze, you got to do that. Um, you know, Batsy's going to get his touches. He's going to get his touches. Uh, yeah, and he's, he's going to get his returns, him. too. Yeah, he's going to get you in the kick game, man. Like, you know, yep. I think you get Cobb on the field. I think he earned that last week. But I also think Malcolm Johnson earned some touches. Right. Like those catches were nasty. Oh, man. Nasty. Listen. Great throws by Holden as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, going to the ground and, and just being a guy who can go get the ball. You know, Hugh Freeze talked about him and said he's still the – the players told us this at the uh, at the fireside. He's still the fastest guy on the team. I believe And that. all these coaches have loved him. I, I just wish he could stay healthy, man. If he stays healthy, watch out for him. I think yeah. that they had enough injuries there to want to find playmakers at wide receiver. Auburn quarterback Hank Brown joins us in just a second. He talks about how he's running the scout team as well as the first time running out through that tunnel at Jordan-Hare. Very interesting stuff. Stay tuned for that. Mike G, how can people check out everything you guys got going on? Uh, just going over to YouTube, search The War Report. Hit that subscribe button. Join as a patron. Uh, we got film reviews. We got a lot of stuff coming out. Uh, if you haven't seen Fireside with The War Report, you don't want to miss that series. We got more of that content on the way. It's great stuff. It's great stuff. Absolutely. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Alumni Hall. They've got three wonderful locations. The Opelika location is in Tigertown. The Auburn location is off of College Street. And there's also a location in Huntsville. That's really far from me. But a lot of you guys listen in Huntsville. Be sure to check that one out and report back uh, how great of a store it is. If you're not in any of those markets, head over to alumnihall.com. Whether you go in person or check out the website, you'll see a ton of different options for you to swag yourself out or someone you love, whether it's um, another adult or a child or an animal or your walls or your desk. Whatever it is, they've got Auburn stuff for everyone at great prices as well. And if you have, uh, if you are a retired military or a student, you can get 10% off. You just got to show that ID. So once again, Alumni Hall with locations in Auburn, Opelika, and Huntsville or online at alumnihall.com. Joining us now here on Locked on Auburn, special guest Auburn quarterback, Hank Brown. Last time we talked, you revealed you'd never been to an Auburn game. That has changed now. How was your first experience in an active and live and filled up Jordan-Hare Stadium? Man, it was it was truly unexplainable. It was surreal. And, you know, one of the biggest things, obviously, that um, most people could see was just the fans were just incredible. Like, the, the amount of people that showed up and were supporting of our team and, you know, the hope that you could feel around the stadium um, was just different. And it was yeah. awesome to be able to... Um, you know, be in that environment. Um, 
And, you know, one of the really cool things is just walking through Tiger Walk, seeing all the little kids, all the people excited. Um, it was just the first game day experience was unbeatable. So it was awesome. Is it what you expected? Because, look, I'm sure every high school player dreams of running out of that tunnel into a, a sold-out SEC you know, arena, stadium, which obviously you've been able to do now. But the Tiger Walk leading up to it, I mean, it's – I imagine it's a lot. And I'm sure you imagined it a certain way. Did you nail it in your assumption, or was it bigger, smaller? I mean, how, how did you do as far as imagining this previously? Um, when I imagined it, honestly, you know, I obviously thought it was going to be incredible, but sure, the actual um, – it, it was actually bigger than I imagined. And just like – even like on the bus ride to the stadium, like we're getting – we're getting led by police escorts and it's just like, yeah, I wasn't fully prepared for how awesome it was going to be. And the amount of people that were supporting us just like driving through campus. Like, you know, we leave, um, Friday to go stay in the hotel. Um, and you see the campus and then you come back Saturday for the game and it's just, everything is different. Sure. A whole new campus just full of, tents, people tailgating, you know, people having fun, throwing the football around, whatever it is. It's just awesome to see the change in that. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool, man. That's cool. Uh, as far as the team's performance, the, you know, the Auburn offense put up a ton of points, including the defense with a pick six. What was the general mood in the locker room after you guys got the first win of the season? It was definitely like, you know, kind of like, I mean, there was a ton of excitement. Obviously, you know, getting that first game under the belt and, you know, I thought we played really good. Um, And obviously UMass wasn't a great team, but, you know, I thought that that was good to get that first one under the belt because there's always that, you know, people had had, have hope. The fans of of Auburn have hope that we're going to be a good team this year and that it's going to be different than it has been in the past. And, um, you know, there's always that little bit of doubt that, you know, you have when it's like, are we really going to be good this year? Or is it going to be like last year, whatever it is, you know, so being able to go out and do that and kind of prove to ourselves the fact that, you know, we can be good this year. Um, We can have a solid year. So that, you know, I thought that was kind of the mood in the locker room after the game, everyone Mm -hmm. excited and celebrating. And I like what coach free said after the game, Uh, he was talking about the fact that, you know, no matter what it is, whether it's in life, you know, sports, um, your family, relationships, whatever it is, when you have a victory, no matter how big or small it is, you got to celebrate it. So I thought that was that was pretty. I love that. Pretty good, and just how no matter what kind of win it is, we got to celebrate it because they're not easy to come by. Jeremiah Cobb's your roommate, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, how happy were you when he uh, when he busted that long run for a touchdown? It was awesome. Uh, I was so happy for him. Um, you know, I, I didn't expect anything less. I mean, he's a special player, and I think people ha- see that now. Um, he's going to be really good for us, and it was cool to see see him get that attention and, and that big first run. Right. Yeah, that was exciting. That was exciting for sure. So is there a different feel now as you guys prepare for Cal? I mean, all all summer we're like, okay, you know, UMass is what it is. You guys should take care of business there. It's all about, okay, you got to go across the country and take on a Power 5 team that 
you know, you're not used to playing, obviously, the a Pac-12, about to be ACC team. The timing is different. You guys are traveling out on Thursday, and so I'm sure that changes, you know, the timing of some practices and potential meetings and game plans and things like that. Does it feel different? Does it feel a little bit more real now that the season's here and this is a bigger opponent? For sure. It's it's a way different feeling. Okay. Uh, you know, just like you were saying, there's a ton of different things that play into this game versus last game. Um, but just like the fact that the opponents are very different, like you were saying, like UMass, you know, that was kind of first game getting it under the belt. Now this is more real, a more competitive opponent. And like you're saying, we're traveling across the country. We leave Thursday afternoon. Okay. And so it's like we're going to be in California for two days before um, and it's going to be a whole different schedule leading up to it. There's just a bunch of factors that are different. I think like you're, the the biggest factor though is the fact that this is going to be a, a better game um, and so it's real now and so we got to get prepared for that. Hank, what are you asked to do as far as preparation? Are, are you are you asked to mimic opposing quarterbacks in, in practice? I heard yeah. that you killed it with scout team as far as you guys kind of trying to mimic uh, Tyson Pumachon a week ago. Yes, sir. So um, I'm the scout team quarterback, so I'll mimic whoever we're playing that week, and I'll give our defense a look um, based on who we're playing. And so I think it's a great opportunity for me just to be able yeah. to develop as a quarterback physically, um, get better um, each week going against our starting defense. Um, so going against – great players that I can be able to, you know, learn off of and see their techniques and how I can attack them and whatnot. And so it's, it's really good for me just being able to be that. And then also, so me doing that, I'm, I'm not able to be with the offense sometimes during practice. And so, you know, I, I'm looking at it as, well, I can develop during practice physically yeah. Uh, and get better and then mentally I can just go in after practice and watch the film of what our offense is doing and mentally go through those reps and get better that way so I see it as a, as a positive for sure um uh in that way and so I think it's it's great being able to give them a look do you watch the opposing quarterback so like Sam Jackson this week it, it certainly seems like he's going to play I could be wrong but it seems like he's going to play despite leaving the game early last week against North Texas, do you watch these guys and say, okay, this is what they did. I need to kind of try to do this to help show the defense, you know, a better picture of what they may see. For sure. Um, you know, I start at the beginning of the week first watching uh, the opposing team's defense, um, just like obviously the other quarterbacks and I'll study sure. their defense first um, and get that down. And then um, along the week, I'll definitely watch the opposing team's quarterbacks and uh, look at how they, run things their different strengths and weaknesses and try to mimic that exactly like obviously sam jackson is a freak of an athlete and can run the ball and so you know i'm going to uh try and work to be that for them this week so yeah yeah i was about to ask what stood out when you were watching sam jackson I, he's very fast he played wide receiver for peyton thorne in high school apparently which i didn't realize is kind of a small world but uh what else stands out about him when you watch his tape yeah, so I mean, as you're saying that, I so I grew up um, in that same area as Peyton and Sam, and so sure. uh, you know we would train with the same guys. So I knew both of them. So oh, cool. it, it's just okay. a funny little connection. And um, obviously, knowing Sam, he's a great athlete. But what, like you're saying, what stood out about him? Um, he kind of 
uh, he, he's definitely a very good athlete and um, can run the ball very well. Um, didn't didn't get much a ton of film uh, because he got hurt. Um, but from what I saw, it seems like he's not just a runner. Like he can throw that thing around a little bit, and mm -hmm. and he's he's got. Um, he made some good reads uh, at the beginning of the game that was like, okay, wow. So he, he's not, he's definitely a good quarterback. Um, so I'm going to try to mimic that same exact thing this week. Yeah, that's awesome. Hank, thank you so much for your time. I know you're very busy, especially with you guys leaving Thursday. So thank you so much for that. And we'll talk again soon, man. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you so much to Auburn quarterback, Hank Brown. And of course, thank you so much for Mike G as we celebrate war rapport Wednesday. We will be back tomorrow. Jake Crane joins the show. We'll also drop a crossover special Thursday afternoon. You don't want to miss that with Locked On Pac-12 host Spencer McLaughlin. And uh, we'll preview Auburn and Cal from that perspective as well. Until then, check out all my written work at auburndaily.com. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been Locked On Auburn.